but for years and, and even centuries that the promise of Messiah would, would, become, would come true for them and that Jesus represented the hopes and the dreams of an entire nation of people. And that even today, as those of us who have come to put our faith in Jesus Christ, we too join in that centuries-old anticipation that not only did Jesus come, but because he's alive, he is coming again, and that his returning fills us with hope and anticipation of what God is going to do. Let me ask you a question this morning. Why are you here? It's a question we ask here at Faith Covenant Church. Sometimes, you know, why are you here today? What brought you here? But, but this question today is really more the larger existential question. Why are you here? What is life about? Why do you even exist? Why do I exist? Why are we here? See, the question of why is really a question of purpose. Having a sense of purpose in life and what the purpose of life is, is one of the single greatest motivating factors that we can have that keeps us moving forward in life. Whether things are going well or things are difficult, if we have a a deeper sense of the why, we can endure many things because we feel like there's a greater sense of purpose in our lives. There are all kinds of foundational questions that we carry with us through our lives each day. Where do I come from? Who am I? Where am I going? But I think the greatest question that underlies all of those is the why question. Why am I here? And these kinds of foundational questions really relate to areas in our lives where we are continually searching for fulfillment and meaning. And that's what we've been talking about in this series, that if you look at life from a biblical perspective, there are really four primary life searches. There's a search for community, there's a search for identity, there's a search for meaning, and there's a search for purpose. And we've talked about how each of these searches are always going on in our lives and that sometimes you can move from one to the other and they they relate to each other, but we're all searching for fulfillment in each of these areas. God uses the key relationships in our lives to instruct us and to reveal himself to us and to form us into people for his glory. And and, and our story carries with it our, our sense of where we come from. And that often leads us to identity and how God has shaped us. And we begin to discover uh, how our unique wiring uh, is perfectly designed by God for us to be who only we can be. Which then leads us to, to put that into practice and to try new things and to put our hands to different kinds of work to try and bring value to the world around us. And we discover meaning and in, in the work that we do to make a difference in the world. And we discover that everything that we do is designed by God to flow out of who we are and who he's shaped us to be. And then as we've talked about, ultimately all of that should converge into this experience of the purpose of our lives, that, that we have a calling from God to be the person that only we can be, and that we have hope that results when we discover this sense of, of a personal mission that we have from God to fulfill what only we could fulfill. 
I'd like to suggest this morning that one of the challenges that prevents us from discovering meaning and fulfillment in this final search for, uh, for my purpose, the why of our existence, my sense of calling, is often that, that we, we don't believe or know that we have a purpose or a call. And so we're, we end up looking for it in some of these other areas. We, we go to a community and we're looking for meaning and, and our sense of purpose in the relationships that we have. We become people pleasers and we're looking for other people to bring us fulfillment. Or perhaps it all becomes about our identity and, and, and becoming the best me that I can be. And so we become to, we get self-centered and we focus all of life about just my own uh, pleasure and, and getting the best out of life that I can for myself. Or perhaps we, we, we fall short at the, the place of work and we put all of our, our value into the work that we do and our identity and our relationships all get sacrificed for the work because somehow we find our meaning and value there. But ultimately, that sense of purpose eludes us. And the ultimate why question nags at us, and it hounds us through life and through all of our relationships and all of our work. Part of the challenge is we face is we, uh, as looking at life purposes, and in many ways, I think in our culture, we've, we've lost a larger sense of what a life purpose is. What it means to have a sense of purpose or calling in life. Historically, when we talked about life purpose as, as a culture, we, we talked about having a, a vocation. A vocation is, comes from the Latin term vo, vocatia, and it literally means calling. Do you have a vocation in your life? Do you have a calling? What is a calling? Does everybody have a calling or just a few people have a calling? I mean, when we term, use terms like vocation and occupation and career interchangeably, I, I think we most often think about calling as the type of job that we end up doing with our life, the career path that we choose for ourselves. Yet the reality is today in our culture, most people will have worked six to eight different jobs by the time that they're 35. How do you find a calling in the midst of that? And what happens when you lose your job? Or what happens when you retire from your job? Do you lose your calling? Do you lose the purpose of your life? Sadly, many people feel that they do when they retire or when they become unemployed. Without a career, without gainful employment, we feel like the, the, I have no value. The purpose of my life is missing. And until we, we get a better job or a new job, the, the work that we get to do nags at us and we don't have this sense of a larger calling in our lives. There's a little girl who once said to her mother, Mommy, if Santa Claus brings our presents, and God provides us with our daily bread, and Uncle Sam provides us with social security, why do we need Daddy? (laughs) A career or an occupation is not the same thing as a life purpose. And in a biblical sense, The calling and purpose of our lives has to come from something beyond just our work, beyond just our relationships, even beyond our our own identity. Our sense of purpose has to come from something greater than ourselves and even greater than this world. And we get that really from the perspective of Jesus. And if we want to turn to Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verses 25 through 34, and it seems like an appropriate passage, appropriate teaching from Jesus in the midst of the stress 
and the anxiety of the Christmas season. And yet, in the midst of Jesus' teaching, he was a master at, at making something very simple and understandable, and yet it having so many layers of depth and understanding for us as human beings. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, or what your presents are going to put under the tree, or what you're going to serve on the Christmas table when your in-laws come from out of town this weekend. <laughs> My parents are actually coming today at noon. <laughs> Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each, of, each day has enough trouble of its own. See, we live in a world, we live in a culture that tells us that we need to be running after these things. Jesus talks about the, the basic necessities of life, food and drink and clothing, but, but in that is, is, is so much more depth of, of the jobs that we pursue often are about getting a paycheck so we can buy more food and drink and clothing. And you can add on to that cars and houses and TVs and, and DVDs and, and iPads, all of the things in life that we think are going to make us happy and bring us fulfillment. The world is running after these things and tells us we need to run after them too. And all of your, your purpose in life, your, your career, your, everything you're pursuing in life it should really be all about trying to get more stuff so that you can be happier. And if you don't have enough stuff, or, or the person next to you has more stuff, maybe you better work a little harder so you can get more stuff so you can be as happy as they are. The things that we think we need in life to make us happy goes all the way back to, to that core inner fear and anxiety that, that if, if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to have enough food to eat. We're not going to have enough money in the bank account. We're not going to be able to take care of ourselves, and, and life is not going to work the way it's supposed to. How do you find a calling in the midst of all of the distractions of this life? Well, to understand calling, I think we first have to uh, answer the question uh, that the, the term itself kind of begs. Calling by whom? I mean, the term calling kind of assumes that there is a caller, does it not? When someone calls, don't they usually expect a response? When uh, Lucas was growing up, and uh, he was probably about three or four years old, we started to notice a change in his behavior that was a little disconcerting. We would call to him, we'd say, Lucas, and he would just totally ignore us. Lucas! Nothing. 
Lucas, nothing. We were getting worried. We thought, oh, he's totally ignoring us. He's being completely defiant. We have a problem with our child. So we asked for some advice, and Tammy went to some of her friends in the teaching world and said, this is what's going on. We're not sure what to do. And they said, oh, well, this is what you need to do. You need to perform a little bit of a test to see if he's ignoring you and being defiant, or it may be that he's simply just distracted. So they said, this is what you do. You get down on his level, and you get in his field of vision so that he gets your attention, and you say, Lucas, and if he turns away, he's ignoring you. And if he goes, huh? And he pays attention to you, he was just distracted. So we tried it, right? We, Lucas, nothing. Lucas, nothing. So we get down, Lucas, sure enough, he, you know, wakes up and pays attention. What? And we realized there's so much going on in that little mind of his. He was off in his own little world. He, he couldn't even hear us when we were calling him. Kind of like many of us guys when we're watching TV. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you see, the message of the Bible is that's exactly what God has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. God has been calling to humanity from the beginning of time. From Adam and Eve in the garden, when he came walking in the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? To the call of Abraham, to the, to the call of the disciples through Jesus Christ. God has been calling to you and to me throughout the centuries. But we're either ignoring him or we're too distracted by the things of life to hear him. So in Jesus, God got down to our level. God got face to face with humanity. And he said, hey, pay attention. I have a message for you. I have been calling to you, but you're not listening. You see, God's word is a story that invites us to respond. It calls to human beings to, to respond, to discover the meaning and value of life as God intended it. And it dis- calls us to discover the very purpose for why we were created, the why of our lives. Now, secular spirituality will tell you that, that you determine your own sense of purpose and your own value, that you and I are, 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 co- are the creators of our own meaning. But a biblical spirituality says, my sense of purpose is determined by the God who created me and is only discovered in relationship with him because he is the one who intended me to be who he created to me be, to be. It goes beyond just the question of what job or career we are asked to do at any given time in our lives. You see, Jesus didn't identify his own sense of purpose by the status, by the power, and the success that he would achieve in this world. Rather, He derived his purpose and sense of calling from what God, his heavenly Father, had asked him to be and to do. See, rather than seeking his own ambitions, the Bible says, the hallmark of Jesus' life was to continually seek what his Father's will was and through the power of God's Spirit to then go and do what God had asked him to do. See, first and foremost, we are called to someone before we are called to something. And in this sense, the work of God incorporates all of our lives into his calling and his plans and his purpose. And it includes everything that we have and everything we are. And in this sense, every one of us is called. And that calling, when rightly understood, forms the underlying purpose and meaning of life itself. That's why I think the Apostle Paul 
in 2 Corinthians talks a little bit more about what this calling that we have in Christ is. And, and, and you know, a lot of people thought these early Christians were just insane. I mean, they were taking life, they were turning it on its head, and they were behaving in ways that, you know, people just didn't behave. I mean, they were selling their stuff, and they're sharing it all equally, and they're taking care of the sick, and, you know, plagues would come, and everybody would flee the city, and the Christians would stay and care for people. I mean, these Christians were just nuts. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking a little bit about how this new perspective that we gain out of our relationship with God that Christ has made available impacts our view of this why in our lives. In chapter 5, verse 13, he says, If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that Those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, purpose comes when each of us arrive at that moment in our lives. For some, it may come early. For some, it may come late. For some, it might not have arrived yet, and maybe today is your day. But it's that moment where where, where your perspective shifts, where that aha light bulb turns on, and you recognize that for me, all of life is about serving God. That that is the purpose of my life. That's the why, reason, why I'm here. I was created so that all of my life would be about serving God who created me and who gave his son to save me. Professor Bobby Clinton from Fuller, who was one of my teachers and mentors and was greatly influential in my understanding of how God develops people over a lifetime, says that many people experience this moment in their life as a kind of second conversion experience. It's such a powerful experience that, that it's one of those milestone moments in your life that when it happens to you, you, you can point back to it and you say, yes, that was the moment in my life. I mean, it happened for me. I grew up as a pastor's kid, and I went to church all my life, and I kind of walked away from my relationship with God for a number of years in high school and into college. But I remember that moment when God showed up in my life through his Holy Spirit, grabbed me by the shirt collar, gave me a little shake, and said, I love you. What are you doing? And it was in that moment that I, I recognized that I had been distracted from God. I wasn't paying attention, but the whole time he had been calling to me, come back. I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose for you. I want you to experience fulfillment and joy. It's not always going to be easy. It's not going to always be a bed of roses. But it's the why question that brings us the deepest sense of value and purpose in our lives. 
You see, our primary calling is to know and to love the God who created us. And if we understand that that is our primary calling, and it's a calling that is for everyone, it's for you and for me, you don't have to have a degree, you don't have to be on a platform preaching to be called by God to know and to love him, then your secondary calling, that that horizontal relationship, gets absorbed into all of that, and everything in life becomes about serving him. But you see, if the, if the secondary calling, these horizontal relationships in our jobs and our careers and the things that we do is not connected to that vertical relationship, that primary calling from God, then our lives are dichotomized. They're, they're split. We, we live disintegrated lives. And God's purpose in sending his son Jesus is to bring wholeness and restoration to our lives, to reintegrate the broken pieces of our lives so that everything is unified and whole again. When this happens, our relationship with God becomes the very thing that brings us restoration and purpose in life. See, that's what Jesus was trying to teach us. Seeking satisfaction apart from God in his kingdom will, 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 will never allow us to find satisfaction. But seeking to please him first, seeking to live our lives for the purpose of his kingdom, all of those other things take on meaning and value in the way that he had intended them. Seek first his kingdom, Jesus said, and all these things will be added to you as well. In Christ, God has called each one of us to pursue a life of purpose in him. See, when our story becomes woven into God's story, then our story takes on the larger meaning and purpose of the universe. A man was walking down a road and came across a, a stone quarry, and there were stone cutters there who were uh, cutting stones for, for building materials. And so he went up to interview them. He says, hey, oh, what are you guys doing here? And the first stone cutter says, can't you see I'm cutting stone? So the second guy doesn't even look up. He just keeps working away. He goes, I'm earning $500 a week is what I'm doing. He goes to the third guy and says, well, what are you doing here? And the guy stops and he puts down his tools and he goes, oh, you really want to know what I'm doing here? I'm building a cathedral. The guy says, building a cathedral? He says, yeah, these stones are going to be taken over and the architect has a design, the blueprints all work out and they're going to build a brand new cathedral where people can go and worship God. See, it's all a matter of your perspective and your understanding of calling. The first man couldn't see beyond the effort of his labor. And the second one couldn't see beyond the paycheck that he was working to get. But the third man, the third man saw beyond the tools and beyond his wages to the ultimate reason, the end that he was serving. He had a larger purpose. In his mind, he was co-creating with the architect who had designed the beautiful cathedral. However small his particular contribution was, he was building a cathedral. You see, discovering your life purpose isn't figuring out what you want to do with your life. But rather, it's discerning God's guidance and learning how to live every dimension of your life in response to his call and to be fully identified with him. You see, discovering life purpose is a lifelong process of relationship. Calling assumes a caller. And when the caller calls, he asks us simply to respond. Kenneth Boa, scholar and author, says, We cannot lay hold of God's unique purpose for our lives without spending time with Him. 
and inviting him to clarify his purpose for us in his timing, in his way. And I'd suggest to you that's one of the deepest purposes for being part of church, is that we can help discern God's voice speaking into our lives. That's one of the values of being in Christian community, is that, that the Holy Spirit of God is in me and is in you. And as we're seeking the purposes of God in our lives together, he uses us to speak into our lives and to help us understand his purpose and his plan for each one of us. You see, when we understand the process of how God calls us as human beings, it allows us to work with him in partnership with him, and we feel like we are on that journey, and we are making progress towards his ends and his goals for our lives. It's never too late to start on that journey of purpose. It doesn't matter if, if, if you're just starting off of life, and you're trying to figure out where do I want to go to school, and what do I want to study, or if you're retired, and you're, you're looking at your, your golden years. God has a purpose for you to fulfill in his kingdom. And if we come to that starting point to say, seeking first the kingdom of God, all of those other things are added as well. All of your life experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of the things that you have pursued and learned and and developed in your life, God wants to use today and tomorrow and in the future and even into eternity for his kingdom and his glory and his purposes. In Christ, the Apostle Paul sees the call of God as the ultimate expression of the purpose of our lives. That's why he says in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. There is a new reality that has come into the world because Jesus is alive because that baby was born all those years ago and he gave his life and God resurrected his life and he is alive today. There's a new reality alive and at work on this planet and in this universe. All the old patterns of life that destroy relationships, that oppress and dehumanize people, that leave us feeling separated from God and without a sense of value and meaning and purpose in life has now been changed and there's a new pattern emerging. A new way of being human has dawned. A new kind of humanity has been created and it's patterned after the purpose person of Jesus Christ. You see, and this new reality calls to us each day and every day to live our lives to be more and more like him. We come to life as a response to God's call. And we point to life to others by living together as if that call mattered. I believe our call as a faith community is to help people discover the deepest meaning and purpose for their lives. But if we're not building, can we bring up the the graphic again? If we're not building healthy community and giving people a sense of, of God's style of community, if we're not helping people to discover their identity in Christ and understand God, how God has uniquely shaped them, if we're not giving people meaningful work to do and helping them to understand that everything that they do with their lives is part of their call, people are not going to discover this deeper question of why they exist. But if we can do those things, we will be light in a dark world. We will be a safe harbor for people who are adrift at sea. We will be a life-saving station on the mission field of God's world. And I think that is the ultimate purpose for why church exists. That is our why, is to seek first the kingdom of God. 
and that all the other things that we worry about as Christians and as churchgoers and as followers of Jesus Christ will be added as well. If we worry about the distractions, we miss the purpose for why we were created. So in this Christmas season, as we seek to discover the hope of Christmas again, let us be reminded that it's all about the kingdom of God and everything else will take care of itself. Let's pray. Holy God, forgive us for the ways that we allow ourselves to be distracted, even in the midst of the Christmas season, which is supposed to be all about Christ. And that peace on earth, we get so worried and anxious and wrapped up with all of the things of the holiday season that we, we miss the power and the presence of your Spirit in our lives. God, we thank you that you have called us to discover hope again in this season. And as we reprioritize our thinking and reprioritize our emotions and reprioritize our actions based around your kingdom in our lives, would you give us the ability and the power and the courage to follow through and respond to your calling in our lives? And God, as we worship you by bringing gifts of tithes and offerings, would you receive them with our gratitude and our thanks? Would you multiply them for your purposes and for your glory? And God, would you humbly speak into our lives again in this season as we give good gifts to one another as a reminder of the God who is the best giver of all. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.